sleepy computer. So we've had a request for a genre, uh, a sci-fi story, which we've not done before. This episode's also a little different because we have an unwilling cast of volunteers uh, lending us their voices. So what we're going to do is we're going to use artificial intelligence to generate uh, a short sci-fi story uh, and then see what quality of uh, output we get. So let's give it a go and see what comes out. In the distance, there was a sound of wheels and a flash of lights above. He recognised the sound immediately. The engines of the Nautilus were built from solid iron of the M40 steel tank and had the same basic features as the earlier model, but had better vent ports to let in cooler air or exhaust gas. Mm -hmm. None of that detail was important to an English engineer called Lord Halsey, who was now in his late 30s and running away from something in Washington. He heard the roar of the engines from a distance and called out over his radio for everyone to put their brass instruments together and come and help him. No sooner had he finished his message, an explosion occurred near him. He was thrown from the car and landed on his rear, confused and disorientated by the explosion. He looked around frantically before catching sight of the source, his arm dangling at a slight angle as he tried to get an explanation from someone. He balked as he realised he'd been attacked by none other than the most powerful soldier of the outer worlds of the galaxy, Captain Pike. (laughs) (gasps) Oh no. Captain Pike. Uh, His face turned crimson. How had Pike made it to Earth? He'd been banished a half-century earlier to an alien planet with no means of transportation or communication by the government of the Milky Way for crimes against national sovereignty. He'd been found guilty of murdering the Empire of the Universe using the blood of a human boy named Luke Boys (laughs) and a spaceship called the X-47. So there's a lot of exposition already. Yeah. Right, but that was fairly sensible. Yeah, that, that, made, like, actually yeah, that made sense, yeah. I've yeah. read worse sci-fi. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> I think I've written worse sci-fi. Uh, yeah, okay. Captain Pike, most dangerous man in the galaxy, makes sense. Uh, pretty sure that might be a reference to Dad's Army. <laughs> Captain Pike yeah. is Dad's Army. Yeah. He's the young one. Yeah, lovely. Um, Killed with the blood of... With the, boy? the blood of a young he... boy. By the boys. name of Luke Boyce. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the ghost of, of boys will come back. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping there's did we see, a. Did we meet the young boy? Well, did he die? Or did he just use? The- That's very philosophical. Uh, yeah. well, he just a bit. Maybe he just dead. tapped into him. Yeah. Though the AI doesn't seem to grasp the finality of death. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not big on on the Western model of life and death. Um, okay. Had Pike commandeered the Nautilus to invade Earth, as it appeared? How had he managed to steal so many technologies despite being only three foot nine inches? <laughs> I mean, it could happen. It could happen. I mean, uh, so there's a bit of a Napoleon syndrome yeah, here. Yeah. Like, the guy's the most powerful, but he is three foot. One thing Lord Halsey knew was that no man on his own could possibly win against Pike. It was that thought that led him to contact his trusted partner, a woman he affectionately refers to as Lady Mooney, in human language. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, Lord Halsey was aged almost 50 because of a... <laughs> Lord Halsey was aged almost 50 because of a number of debilitating experiments that had been conducted on himself and several other men when he was first recruited in 1993 by the United Powers for the Alliance to Defeat Chaos or UPADC for short. Mm -hmm. An experimental society created to allow the creation, 
testing and installation of a range of unconventional weapons. These weapons were highly controversial, including devices known as nanoplasmids that eat your skin and use it as currency. (laughs) (laughs) A sonic laser rifle that can generate sound waves that can penetrate into the minds of a target and leave an impression of general unease. (laughs) (laughs) And an unknown superweapon, which is thought to grant control over anyone at any time, codenamed... Horsehead. <laughs> this is very Monty Python. <laughs> Halsey had first met Lady Mooney at one of her many gala luncheons at the United Kingdom home for Aryan Nationals. <laughs> Are we sure that we're rooting for these guys? <laughs> Where did you get this computer? Not another space Nazi. <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad somebody is recognising the plight of the Aryan National in the United Kingdom and finally having a gala Luncheon. <laughs> Just many, this. many gala lunches. Just underrepresented group. Um, <laughs> oh god. Right. Halsey had first met Lady Mooney at one of her many gala luncheons at the United Kingdom home for Aryan Nationals, and she had managed to free him from the labs at the UPADC. He'd since moved through the ranks to lead and assist in the military affairs of Earth. His radio buzzed. It was Lady, all right. Lord Halsey, are you well? I've heard all about this dreadful business with Pike. We picked up a huge spike in levels of protoxium as soon as he landed. We're convinced he's here to make war on UPADC or UPADC and get your precious skin to trade for many other valuable trinkets. You simply have to come in, Lord, and let me tell you things just went batshit crazy. Also, I'd like to comb your Earl Grey hair. Earl Grey, like a tea. Oh, delicious hair. Halsey smiled wistfully. Lady knew all about Pike's abilities and needed his help badly. Without his intervention, the war might come to an end in seconds, with Earth's ability to sustain massive nuclear explosions almost untapped. Not to mention the massive potential it granted Pike to take over worlds and dominate whole civilizations with his psychic gifts. He replied to Lady Mooney. I'm not really entirely well at this very moment. I've just had some quite severe insomnia. My whole stomach is suddenly exploded and the Earth has completely lost its balance and I might implode under my omnipresent gaze. But I guess I have time for a chat. Where will I go see you? (laughs) 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 I I really like that. Lord Halsey had to ask, because he was not in fact sure about her location, what with her and everyone flying around and everything. She'd previously been based inside the facility's underground base at the base of San Francisco's famous Moss Bridge. The facility was closed during 2013 when a number of high-ranking government agents found an explosive on that site, which was housed in a box covered in human bone. (laughs) Wow. Mm. They let it run its course, and the entire complex had to be shut down and dismantled and rebuilt in a secret location with good ventilation systems and parking for hundreds of soldiers to work inside. <laughs> I'm glad they uh, identified the parking with the keys. Just a little yeah. snippet from the brochure. <laughs> the secret bunker benefits from on-site parking. Well, you'll need to meet me on the moon, or alternatively, you can meet me on the corner of Fifth and Broadway in an unoccupied building near the Museum of Anthropology. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't in New York or Chicago. It's in New Bedford. Doesn't New Bedford exist? I don't think so. Is there an old Bedford? Yeah, it's Bedford. Yeah. Bedfordshire. There's a Centre Parks near it. Thanks. <laughs> when you get there, look at the place in black and white and stand on a chair waving your arms for me so that we can see how close you are. 
Make sure you shout, Lady, I want to meet you, Lady, loudly enough. Yeah, just do that last little bit again. <clears throat> stumble on ladle. Ladley. <laughs> ladley. I want to meet you inside a massive ladle. Make sure you shout, Lady, I want to meet you, Lady, loudly enough. I mean, it's like in black and white. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how you do that. I assume that with those like polarizing things you get at the cinema. So it's not very subtle, right? If this is like a secret underground bunker. Yeah, but uh, is that, unless, is that unless like... you're stood on a chair, they won't let you in. <laughs> you know, you're just, like waving your arms, being like, "I'm here to see the secret lady." Halsey understood what he needed to do. The situation was dire, with an impending crisis about to strike. He wasted no time in trying to get there. He went the only way he knew how. He went underground, through the sewers, using a device that could cut open the buildings beneath New Bedford and let him in through a conveyor belt. <laughs> I assume this is like a tunnel boring machine? I'm not quite sure. Like the underminer. <laughs> it's the underminer. It's the only way he knows. <laughs> That's how he gets everywhere. That's the main transportation. I mean, if he, if he travels in any other way during this story, this is a massive plot hole. <laughs> but we'll keep an eye on that. He got to the street corner and began to pull on some metal chain around his neck, using the momentum from both of them to spin his body at speed like a spinning top. <laughs> <laughs> like a Beyblade. Yeah. Let it rip. <laughs> Let it rip. He's so resourceful. That is very good. He shouted to get Lady's attention. Don't worry, Lady. I'm here, and they will not touch the earth unless the little woman falls off too. He shoved an old woman to try and get some attention. <laughs> and the woman began to fall into a pit of mucky water and slime. When she had passed out, Lord Halsey... <laughs> she didn't die, she just passed out. She passed out. But sometimes you just got to shove an old woman to get some service. When she had passed out, Lord Halsey felt a hand on his arm, leading him into a darkened apartment with white walls filled with pictures of his dead relatives. <laughs> pictures of a dog called the dog. Also, a few photographs of himself that showed him holding what looked like his own grave. <laughs> wow. He protested to the guard. Hey, how did you get these images, old man? Why do you need this stuff? The guard looked at him emotionlessly and simply said, Because these pictures make us smile. I like seeing a dead person because it's more comforting than a rotting body. <laughs> Whoa! You know, oh, was that from? Like, that was lovely. That was lovely. It was very. Nice. I think that wins the Oscar this year. I'll be honest, it was quite chilling because it makes us smile. Is that the royal we? The royal us. <laughs> it makes me. It makes like no. He's just. It's him and Schmeagle. <laughs> it makes you smile. It does. Yes. Exactly. Halsey looked slightly stunned before at last standing up with some haste and looking around with the utmost respect and dignity towards his guard. He burst through the main doors into the secret headquarters of the UPA DC, a large office building that looked like something from the 1960s, but filled with thousands of people, some dressed as superheroes, all sexy robots. <laughs> he was home. <laughs> I mean, what a workplace. Immediately, he recognised a certain member of their security squad named Dandy Bun and outstretched his hand to shake his hand. He'd first met Dandy while doing secret military ops against pirates using drones on the high seas. <laughs> and the pair have developed something of an old-fashioned friendship based on their mutual love of the dark net and sharing of classified intelligence. <laughs> yeah, that's very old-fashioned. <laughs> that's an old-fashioned espionage dark net friendship. Dandy laughed and shook his fingers. Halsey, you old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
How the hell are you doing? <laughs> Gotta get those damn papers. I'll catch up when the time comes. You'll catch up. Catch up. I'll well, catch up when the time comes. The Welsh word to have a couple. <laughs> there you go. Catch up. Catch up. Give us a Bitch. <laughs> you old bitch. You old bitch. His grin turned to a dark and mocking grimace as he took off like a meteor into some other, possibly much deeper, part of the office. Halsey raised an eyebrow and heard Lady Mooney call him into her office. That's right. It's so funny, Halsey, how often I'm calling the shots. Get in here. Halsey was a bit more than a bit surprised by the sudden influx of sass but sauntered into Lady Halsey's office and hugged her and whispered into her ear that he was pretty sure he might have to break into her secret base sometime. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an innuendo. I think that might be. That's office romance. They have to report that to HR. You need sensitivity training. We're not sure if she's dressed as a sexy robot or not. Lady Moody winked. Oh, so she's fine with it. She's fine with it. Lady Moody winked and gave him a warm kiss. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like a warm kiss. Before handing Halsey a folder, which, in a matter of time, she explained contained the latest intelligence on their enemies. This is all we know. The Covenant can be counted upon to keep us busy in our old age. They're almost certainly behind the release of Pike from captivity. We believe they're financing his escape and are now preparing their strike force. He has control of the Nautilus. Halsey was shocked. The Covenant were one of the many organisations that, as far back as he and Lady have lived, are considered a danger by the military, with their relentless military presence across the galaxy. A group of space nuns, the Convent, who were supposedly all but human, were recently uncovered on the planet Bias 4. Since then, they'd destroyed all the major military bases in that same starport sector, in a series of spectacular terrorist attacks, using powerful new plasma weapons that were seemingly meant to bring back those who had been murdered with ancient sorcery, only to kill them again. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of... The the classic. (laughs) Bring them back. (laughs) Send them back. Yeah, that's that's a good way of boosting the uh, figures. Only those who have been killed by ancient sorcery. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) The thought of the Covenant having control of an area and a few elite soldiers was certainly disturbing, but it was nothing compared to the horror of them having the keys to the Nautilus. It was the most advanced military technology around the galaxy, with weapons on which the Covenant could have as much influence over the galaxy as their former homeworld of Istvan V had done. Halsey was taken aback and said to Lady, They have gone mad. The Nautilus has become as powerful a force as the human resistance we can wield. It has over 30 billion military assets under its control, including a small number of command staff. And several large weapons, including the Edge. A weapon so massive and dangerous, a nuclear war will seem like inevitability if everyone weren't already dead. Do you think that's the edge of you too? That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, they've gotten... What what is he? He's the bass player? (laughs) (laughs) The edge had been developed by the Covenant in what was referred to as their great game plan to take down the human-powered races, humanity of the Alpha and Omega. With an ancient power behind it, it was an incredibly powerful weapon, capable of reducing worlds within an arm's span to a lifeless rubble of debris, with few living species remaining. It used nanoparticle weaponry for close-quarters combat, but for larger-scale destruction relied on electron flux weaponry, which would allow a massive shock discharge and an explosion of grapefruit. (laughs) What? Halsey ran off in the direction of Sigma-5, the Resistance's elite agents in charge of securing the facility, before any of it became operational. He'd been paged by Agent Koss and wasted no time in arriving in a suit. 
<laughs> he quizzed Agent Koss on the situation. Should I be afraid if someone shows up here with a bomb? I have so much work to do and this operation is very, very dangerous. Do we have the intelligence available that would allow us the time to respond in an appropriate and humane fashion by deploying a fully armed, fully charged attack force of highly deadly proportions? What's our latest location on Pike? Agent Koss looks sheepish and twiddled his fingers through his short brown mane of whisker hair. <laughs> While his fingers, while his fingers slowly rubbed a thumb into his left forehead, <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be two-headed. <laughs> Maybe it's the left half of his forehead. Maybe it's the left of his two foreheads. So much detail, it just goes off on a tangent. <clears throat> Cos was a tall man, about six meters. <laughs> Cos was a tall man, about six metres, with short, curly black hair, the thighs of a chimp. The thighs of a chimp he is not aware existed. His ears, his ears like large orange saffron pendants. His hands. A hypothetical. He has. He has the legs of a hypothetical chip. Move on. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, he has ears like large orange saffron pendants. His hands brown to his fingers and white onwards. <laughs> Just, just a tip, just what? a tip. What? And then white. from the finger. Onwards from the finger to the bottom. <laughs> this two-headed six-metre man with a chimpanzee leg. Hypothetical chimpanzee I like how several characters have been described as, like, almost human or... Nearly. Nearly human. And then this guy's just a man. He's <laughs> a man who's but just he's, mental. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. Agent Cos. He's uh, one of the best we've got. He's one of the best. <laughs> he's, uh... I'll be honest, he, he ticks a lot of boxes in the diversity department. <laughs> does, does old Cos. <laughs> he's really a terrible secret agent. <laughs> <laughs> you allowed to be a secret agent if you're over, like, five... He's deep undercover, and he's deep undercover with the other giraffes. <laughs> it's actually two men on each other's shoulders. <laughs> Agent Koss was wearing a black suit of red cloth. What? <laughs> uh, decorated with silver, a bright red polka dot tie, white shoes, and a black and grey bowler hat. He said, I've got some good news and some bad news for you, sir. The good news is that you've got some intel from me on your enemies. The bad news is that we found some radar signal for Pike, and it's coming in at over 1,000 miles per hour to this location. Oh! <gasps> and that's it for part one. Oh, oh my, god. my god! What's oh gonna no. happen? There's gonna be a big fight, I assume. I, I'm hoping for, like, like space style, like Star Wars style dogfights. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping for those killed by ancient sorcery to be... To be revived free. only to be, <laughs> to be sent back into death. Yes, I think that would be good. I, I mean, it's a hell of a power move. Yeah, it was a bit like uh, it's a bit like pushing daisies, the TV show I've ever seen. Oh mm, yes, yeah. where they he you can like, revive them. people. From and the he makes pies out of rotten fruit. He does. He does. Awful, awful way to make pies. <laughs> yeah, just not really. I guess it's cost effective. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Agent Koss is back. We're a big fan of Agent Koss. I think he's the most detailed character. Oh, <laughs> please, uh, please do tweet us your fan art of Koss. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, please do. I'm going to draw it. I would love oh, to see yeah. a battle between the three-foot man and the chip. <laughs> <gasps> three, three foot nine. Three foot nine. Sorry, yeah. Mitch. I'm sorry. Get over it. I think that gives Pike an advantage because then he could climb up Koss and yeah, just like yeah, yeah. control just, him like a horse. Just, I mean, in, in theory, you could just confuse Koss by asking him about the origins of his legs. And he'll, <laughs> <laughs> he'll just be stuck in an existential crisis. <laughs> you can just hide from him on whatever planet those chimps are from. He's yeah, yeah, I have no idea about existence. it. It's the one thing we know he's completely ignorant of. Time was against them. The forces of chaos were surging, and their momentum was building rapidly. Agent Koss pointed towards the screen, which showed a blue image of a plane hovering, and then the lights on the screen changed to violet, which slowly grew darker as he pointed towards the black space surrounding his location, and it started to slowly take a sinister turn. Lord Halsey knew exactly what had to be done. If a bomb dropped right at me now, this would take everyone out in my area. We have to save you, Captain. I just know there's no reason, and if no one did, this will get messy and there'll be a lot of death. Okay. He knew he had to do something to save other hostages, so he made contact with the local militia of the new potato salad people. <laughs> and begged them not to let any human die without experiencing hell. <laughs> the salad people were happy to oblige, and sent Lord Halsey a small but expensive crate containing 100 cans of new potatoes, the best in Albuquerque, <laughs> some medicine, which saved thousands of people every day, and a giant white egg, which contained 25 kilograms of raw fish from Mexico to kill all of the men who were still alive. Halsey knew that if we were able to harness the power of the giant egg, it would be possible for all living organisms within the new potato territory to be saved from eternal suffering. The main thing for him to do now would be to kill off that enemy of God, Pike, who had ravaged so many men since joining society. <laughs> he asked to meet with the king of the new potato republic, King John War, to discuss ways forward for their welfare. Halsey said to the king, King War, war is upon us. Let this be the beginning of a beautiful, splendid alliance between us and all of the new potato, and with our friends, new fish. Are these people made from, from potatoes? That's not been that that's a great question. <laughs> King War winced at the mention of new fish. He explained to Halsey. The king knows very well that you love new potato because it is green. The I... <laughs> <laughs> The idea of potato and new fish coexisting as they currently do is abhorrent to us. Those people think we like meat-eating people, not vegetables, and they are not welcome inside this territory now for our protection. Also, they stink of fish. What next? An alliance with new coke? <laughs> an, an alliance with uh, original coke, however. Yeah. <laughs> that was the part you were born to play, King. Yeah, King Potato. <clears throat> Halsey was taken aback by this sudden display of hatred and food intolerance. <laughs> Did the King think potatoes weren't tasty? It's not surprising that everyone ate his potato people, but he knew of no further reason for war between the two nations at a time of need for such harmony. Queen War entered the royal chambers on the throne, carried by four King Edward potatoes and sprinkled with herbs. <laughs> Halsey had met her at last, and what a beautiful encounter for Halsey at war. The Queen was so pretty. 
She was wearing a splendid wedding suit for some unknown matter, and with all the day's grooming done to a T, and to be given a good manicured beard, she looked just as glamorous and gorgeous as King War in his blue silk uniform for those brief two hours before bed. <laughs> before bed, when he paraded around in it. <laughs> the potato queen spoke softly. What quarrel are you having about my husband who never takes up arms and never attacks? Whence did I behold so many enemies come to the borders to attack and even eating our sons like pigs on a sabby? <laughs> the potato nations may be hungry, but we would never abandon a son not yet grown into maturity. To form an alliance with the other food nations would encourage those who may eat him for sustenance in war. So she speaks in quite this. She Queen says like begat and this. Yeah. But it also says you with, with the letter U. <laughs> she speaks yeah, like King, Bob, King, War, King War doesn't speak posh at all. He talks no, about I, the meat-eating people. The, 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 <laughs> and she's like, oh. I was actually surprised when King War threw out abhorrent. Yeah, I was like, wow, big word. I like that. Halsey's expression turned serious again by suddenly nodding. Hoseldora, for that was the Queen's first name. Oh. Had a good Hoseldora. point. Hoseldora. Had a good point, but Halsey shook both elbows to show that her reply, as sincere and kind as it was, just did not seem to satisfy him. He explained to the Queen the urgency of the situation. We cannot ally if you're not going to give our people bread. Fair price, wheat to eat. We have minutes until the attack. At dusk the battle will begin and you will either be killed or you will fight with us on earth. The Queen balked at all of that, but refused in good feeling to let her men in as hostages to starve. She told Halsey... Oh, uh, what's, what's the Queen's full name? Oh, I can't Jose... Jose. <laughs> no, it's like Hosmeralda or something. Hosmeralda yeah. <laughs> <Hose> War. <laughs> what was King War's you... name? Uh, John. John <laughs> John Moore. John Moore. John and Esmeralda. Big character, actually. She is covered in herbs. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the... The potatoes covered in herbs. Yeah, the ones yeah, carrying yeah, a yeah. What, what? Well, she was yeah, covered in herbs, which might indicate that she is a potato. Yeah, if she's being carried by All potatoes... The and their children are potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're probably potatoes. They're probably just giant potatoes. I cannot be bared of what might become of 100 of my brave potato soldiers. My prejudices for, forbid even an understanding that others can coexist with us. I must agree that an alliance is the best plan that could give life a fair chance to endure for the new potato salad territories and earth. <laughs> that, was, that was excellent. That was incredible. Until the potato salad territory bit. That was actually like a speech. Oh, that was amazing. Halsey broke out into a huge hug of approval to whom the king and queen smiled up and took part. <laughs> he asked to address these few hundred in person rather than through intermediaries at headquarters. He gave a speech to the potato infantry. Potatoes, your time to show our courage to earth by defending them and my loyalty by sacrificing so much. We must defeat Pike with our bare fingers. He's so cowardly to act independently without guidance. So not brave. We will face many obstacles that must be conquered before victory begins. In this last war, we will call A Day. Oh, wow. A Day. A -day. Wow. As in, what a day to be a potato. 
forget about D-Day. I like how uh, the potatoes will fight them with their fingers, despite potatoes <laughs> thing not having <laughs> fingers. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they're able to carry... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, they're anthropomorphic. No, no, you're right. I'm silly. You're right. And with that, this great war had officially started. He ordered the potato units to attack Pike with every force they had and commanded the UPADC to focus on keeping soldiers in check and defending Earth. It was three days before he heard back from the potato destroyers, during which he commanded the infantry's brass band of men, who they referred to as the T-shirt guys, to make them seem cool. (laughs) They played many contemporary folk songs, which served to increase soldiers' excitement and morale, with everyone's favourites being The world turneth cold, my heart's gland, and it's going back home now, Snoop Dogg. The news from the potato didn't stop from arriving, and it soon arrived. It was not good news. In just hours, one man in Canada's military had been forced up a big chimney and and tortured by Pike's elite troops. The military had captured the officer's body, so they tortured him. They tortured him by pouring warm tea into a glass jar and, and then letting the smell enter his lungs. Understandably, the man felt like a mad and insane caged bird, and he revealed lots of military intelligence and spy videos about the mission. This allowed Pike's security guards and other military agents that morning at Fort Gordon. I don't know where that is. It's in Ontario. To gather together and ambush the potato convoy with several of their most powerful rifles, including one which could could shoot bullets one metre long (laughs) over a range of 400 metres. Isn't that just a catapult? At this point, I mean, that's a metre long bullet is... That's that's insane. Um, Halsey had received a handwritten note from the potato queen. Be well, hush now, our friends have gone. We shall not see them before the harvest, when good potatoes rise to the afterlife. We have to... (laughs) Sorry. That was so good. (laughs) On a a wiki on the potato salad society. We have told their mothers, and now that I am at the bottom of a bottle of gin and Sprite, I can tell you, we are going soon. We cannot possibly last a day against Pike's men. Gin's, gin's made from vodka. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it could be potatoes, wheat. She's drinking her children. She, she only expressed that she was against the eating of ones who were not fully grown. Yeah. Oh, okay, so she's fine with, like, cannibalism if they're old. But then she could be eating the other potatoes that aren't directly yeah. her, like, family-related. That implies like, the existence of, of other potato societies. Oh, Do you think there's a caste system in... in... It's not a caste system. <laughs> where, where do Rossets <laughs> fall? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean, the King John War has to be a, a baked a jacket potato of some sort, some big. Mm. Maybe he's wearing a jacket. Maybe he's wearing a jacket. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah, the blue suit he wears for two hours before bed. <laughs> a tear fell freely from Lord Halsey's brow as he and Lady Mooney paid tribute to Queen War. How does a tear fall from his? Is he upside down? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. He's hung upside down. He's, he's, he's got tear ducts all over the place. Yeah, that was what they were trying to do in that experimental. Yeah. He and Lady Mooney paid tribute to Queen War by performing an exquisite ballad for them before an astonished, <laughs> starving army. They sang... The old lady, when you took hold of thy crown, 
gave birth to their golden apple. To eat it fresh is to subway. Mooney and Halsey shared this sentiment through repeated references over two hours to the rest of the troops, and they stole a kiss at each minute until Lady Mooney's lips were a burning orange. We ever kissed so much. (laughs) (laughs) Their lips went orange. They consummated that same kiss again with two soldiers holding another kiss. The entire garrison looked down and started kissing each other. It was a big military kiss parade, like they had all practiced countless millions of years earlier as babies. <laughs> so this is the some, entire infantry is now making out. orgy. How very touching. What's new and strange in this army of yours? The kiss was interrupted by the voice of Captain Pike, who was sending them a transmission. He continued, Listen, you fools! I've heard things which may be disturbing or unsettling to some viewers. And please excuse me until all soldiers have made and done a risk assessment. (laughs) It's never too soon. I will be on Earth within an hour before sunset to destroy your puny defences once and forever by means of EMP. Wow. EMP. EMP. Electromagnetic pulse. We'll find out. Oh, because they're robots. Sexy robots. Sexy robots. (laughs) Sexy robots will break down and there'll be no filing done. The transmission ended. Halsey knew all about EMP devices. That stood for Ethereal Matter Pine Cones. Clearly was generate EMP and then look for something to fit EMP. Ethereal into. matter pine cones. Yeah, You've never, uh, never the never weapon would <laughs> Did you not study that? No. The weapon would cascade pine cones like snow around any army or aircraft they went over, and this would cause havoc and shrapnel damage over a certain radius in the atmosphere. It could be catastrophic with enough charges in certain places. Lady Mooney sounded worried. But Halsey, Pike said what he was going to do. We're all waiting to die. It's just that our military is a bunch of idiots who don't actually work around plasma fire anymore because there have been budget restrictions on nuclear tests. Halsey couldn't believe what he heard. It could have done massive damage in an hour if everybody died simultaneously. Suddenly, a young analyst named Jules Stone poked Halsey on Facebook. (laughs) And he asked him if there was anything he wanted to talk about. Jules was keen to help with the operation and raise a suggestion. I have an idea. You might not be familiar with the exact contents of the hamper you received from the potato people. There might be something you can use if you catch my drift thoughts. Halsey gasped suddenly. The idea was amazing, and he'd almost forgotten about the giant egg full of deadly Mexico fish. (laughs) They're from Mexico? Yeah. He knew that this was the perfect thing to do for a man such as him. He ordered them to deploy it. Immediately open the torpedo bay and carry it. Blast the egg towards the enemy Starfleet. We have to be able to take cover from the fishy egg, but with this technique we're guaranteed victory over the enemy forces. They fired the egg and all hell went up in hell as the egg exploded and the nuclear missiles ripped apart with the stench of fish and showered down over the earth. The ships blew up and they had just enough time to hear Pike's dying words. Helpful! Thanks so much! You're absolutely great at ruining my entire career in front of everyone! Jeez! What an arrogant brat! But you'll never know how much I enjoyed Les Miserables. <laughs> I, I do love the sassiness of that. That was amazing. Helpful. 
<laughs> Helpful. Thanks for blowing up my entire starship. In front of everyone. <laughs> and with that, he fell down onto the floor and turned into a blackened, smoking skeleton of bone. Finally, Earth was safe once more, and the people of the food galaxy would be able to focus on what really mattered to them. Saving people and things from destruction, and also getting money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that saving people from destruction is able to let them focus on saving people from destruction. Yes, that's helped them get on with other things. Um, and that that's the end of the story. But um, we did get to see a giant egg full of rotting fish. Yeah, they did come back, didn't they? Yeah, that was, and, was, and that, that was a gift from the potato people, if you think about it. So yeah, about the potato people say, the big, they said, here's our big fishy egg, which at the time was a gift. But eventually it was a weapon. So, uh, they hinted at this whole society of sexy robots and superheroes in some uh, underground did, did 50s office. Yeah. I can sense your disappointment that they didn't go anywhere. I feel like planets. Lady Mooney's love arc yeah. wasn't completed. Did he gain access to her secret <laughs> base? <laughs> we don't know. Just, um, I guess the question will be, like, will the potato people... Uh, make friends with the fish people because I mean they fought yeah, side by side uh, but it wasn't a great military alliance no because they really didn't like the fish people I'm quite curious about this shadowy cabal of fruit hat nuns space we, nuns yeah space we, nuns we had all this uh, lead up about the Nautilus and it just never appeared oh yeah oh Pike was on the Nautilus presumably when he got got with a fish egg oh uh, yeah I think he was going to use <laughs> the... he got, 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 got with a fish egg got with a fish egg I assume there was um, we never really found out what happened to the Canadian guy like, he got shoved up the chimney. He was shoved up the chimney, and then he was a non, yeah. he was a non-character role, right? Yeah, yeah. Put a tea in a glass jar. Well, as a Canadian, I can tell you that is our highest form of torture. <laughs> well, I think that's probably our sassiest villain so far. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting. It. I, mean, I was so, and I didn't intervene with this at all. Genuinely, I wrote his dying words. And then it said, HELPFUL! <laughs> and it's in capitals as well. And and I suppose the, the rest of the universe never will know about his love of Les Miserables. Mm. But anyway, no, that's the real tragedy. Was it his love? He said you'll never know how much. Oh, maybe so he from People will never read my one-star review of Les Miserables. <laughs> maybe that's his supervillain origin story right there. <laughs> Um, well, that's it for for this episode of Sleepy Computer. Um, thank you to our ensemble yes, thank cast. Thank you guys so much. And let's do uh, applaud yourselves for participating. If you have any requests or ideas or any fan art, you can uh, tweet us at sleepy underscore computer. And remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or at our website, which is www.sleepy.computer.